0: When they were putting this sermon series together of the Ten Commandments, I drew the short straw uh, because my topic today is about murder. Now, I'm sure that uh, I'm not talking to a, a church full of murderers, uh, but I need to do some justice to that if I can. Um, and to that end, I've got only two verses uh, that I want to give you. Uh, firstly, uh, from Exodus. Uh, Chapter 20 and verse 13, which is part of the Ten Commandments, of course. uh, You shall not murder. And then in Matthew uh, 21, 24, uh, Jesus, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Have you ever read that a second time? That's quite, that's quite hard, you know. Anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, raka uh, is a Hebrew word uh, which means, I think, idiot, something like that, uh, is answerable to the court. So it's not an easy topic uh, that I need to share with you. But I want to try and do justice to it, if I may. Uh, You shall not murder. You know, God needed uh, to share his grand plan for his creation. Uh, A plan uh, that he created to give people life. A plan to build a godly nation, a godly people. And the grand plan was to bless them and not to harass them. Sadly, many people read the Ten Commandments as harassment, uh, and it's not like that. Uh, It's part of God's grand plan so that we can do life better. Jesus picks it up in John 10.10 when he says, I have come that you may have life and have it in all its fullness. And so we need to pay attention to these things. Um, Thou shalt not murder. That's a no-brainer. You know, if you think about it, I can stop now and we can go home. (laughs) I know you're tempted, but never mind. But but it is, isn't it? It's thou shalt not remember. It's a a no-brainer. But surely there's more to that commandment than what you you see on the surface. Because you see, think for a moment. If the Ten Commandments are about God speaking life into us, and we've been hammering this one over the last few weeks, the commandments that are about life, If God is speaking life into us, and if the commandments are a better way of living, then maybe God's meaning more than simply telling us not to kill one another. That there's more to it than that. Maybe God wants us to understand what it means to speak life into someone else's life, and not think in terms of taking it. Maybe God wants us to understand about putting blessings into other people's lives to replace the ugliness and all the rest. Maybe this sixth commandment is a bit of reverse psychology on God's part, showing us uh, that there's another way, a better way. And maybe we can put a bit of flesh on that. Maybe God wants us to stop and reflect on murder. In the context of seeing that there's another way. The people that Moses was speaking to. Had been subject to unbelievable cruelty. And bondage. The bondage of slavery. And God speaking through Moses. Had to present them. With a vision for a more excellent way. And that's 1 Corinthians 12. By the way. Just go and have a look at it. God needs to speak words of hope and encouragement into our lives. God has to teach us to say no to one way of life and yes to another way of life. So we need, it's a no-brainer, say no to murder, yes to life. If you stop and think about it, The message of God to us through all of the commandments is a very simple one. The message of Jesus is the same message. It's the message of life in all its fullness. John 10.10. I've come that you may have life in all its fullness. Fullness. Fullness means buyer. I think we have to make a choice. We have to make a choice between death or life. This sixth commandment is the high moral ground for the human race to step up to to be a civilized people. And I'm talking to the converted, I know this. But it's there. The sixth commandment provides a foundation for life to be lived with respect and reverence and hope For everyone. Human life is not an accident of nature, but a reflection on the presence and power and purposes of God. Do our lives tell the godly story? Because that's what this is about. You and I are a reflection of the presence of God. Do you get this? Your life is a reflection of the presence of God. I'm talking to a congregation of little gods this morning with the greatest of respect. Every human life is valuable to God. Everyone. Not just the survival of the strongest or the fittest. Human life is is valuable to God. Your life is valuable. He's counted every hair on your head. You know this, don't you? You and I are created in the image of God, and I'm quoting you scripture here. And this commandment reflects the truth. And so, maybe we need to reflect this in our lives. And again, you know, thou shalt not murder Of course we don't do that. Of course we don't. But there's more than one way to kill a cat, if you think about it. Think about this in the context of Jesus Christ. The reason human life is sacred is that God became a human being in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to restore what had been corrupted by sin's killing power. And God said, enough. Enough. Jesus came to restore what had been corrupted by sin's killing power. If God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, then we'd better believe that human life is sacred and precious to God. And I know I'm talking to the converted. If God defeated the power of death, And he did. Then eternal life begins here and now. We are moving into our eternities, if you want to put it another way. And if this was a charismatic church, I'd be calling for an amen. Amen. Thank you. (laughs) Bless you, sister. (laughs) Jesus knew that the Ten Commandments were not pious embroidery for the Jewish people. They were to awaken God's people to a radical new way of living. Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to give life. And Jesus built on the commandments in Matthew 5, 21. He spoke about anger and how anger can paralyze us. And so think about this. If this commandment is about life, And it is. And God is teaching us that we have to walk away from the things that suck life out of us. Then we have to let those things go. You've got to let it go. Now what is holding me back? What is holding you back? What do you have to let go of in order to really live? You know how many people I meet almost on a daily basis, who carry burdens of unforgiveness and anger and disappointment and all the rest. And, and I think when Jesus gives this commandment, it's just put it down, let it go. We have to let these things go. Now, please listen to this. When people can walk away from you, let them walk. Oops, I'm going to say that again. When people can walk away from you, let them go. Your destiny is never tied to anyone that walks away from you. Your destiny is not tied to anybody who walks away. People leave you because they're not joined to you. That's one of the tragedies of marriage when it breaks down. And if they're not joined to you, you can't make people stay who don't want to stay with you. You can't. Let them go. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means that their part in your story is is over You've got to know that when people's part in your story is over, you don't try to raise the dead. You've got to know something is and when that something isn't. Did you hear that? You've got to know when something is and you've got to know when something isn't. And when it isn't, then you've got to put it down. Let me tell you something. We've got to get the gift of goodbye. We've got to get the gift of goodbye. It's the 10th spiritual gift. If you want it that way. Even Jesus shook the dust off his feet. I believe in goodbye. And I know that whatever God means for me to have, he'll give it to me. And if it takes too much sweet, I don't need it. What does God want for you this morning? In simple terms. What does God want for you? Stop begging people to stay. Let them go. If you're holding on to something that doesn't belong to you, however you define that, and it was, then you've got to believe it was never intended for your life. You need to let it go. He has practicalities. If you're holding on to past hurts and pains let it go. If someone can't treat you right love you back and see your worth let them go. If someone has angered you let it go. If you're holding on to some thought of evil and revenge let it go. If you're holding on to a job that no longer meets your needs or your talents, let it go. If you've got a bad attitude, (laughs) let it go. If you keep judging others to make yourself feel better, let it go. If you're struggling with the healing of a broken relationship, let it go. If you keep trying to help someone who won't even try to help themselves, let them go. If you're feeling depressed and stressed, let it go. Let the past be the past. Ooh, Let the past be the past. Let it go. You know how often you hear the words, you remember when, you know, that day when you, you know we carry the stuff around with us like baggage. Let it go because all these things have the power to suck life out of us and out of the people around us we have to let these things go along the line of don't get mad get even have you ever heard that don't get mad get even uh, he has a story uh, about a fellow who died and his widow expected to receive all his wealth she gave him a nice funeral an expensive headstone, only to find that when the will was ready, he'd left everything except 20 rand to his secretary. (laughs) Naturally, the wife was a little angry and drove to the tombstone establishment and ordered the inscription on her husband's tombstone to be changed. Don't get mad. Get even. The engraver said, I'm sorry, ma'am. You told me to inscribe rest in peace on the stone. That's what I did. Can't change it now unless you want to buy a new stone. She thought for a moment. Didn't want to spend any more money. So she said, right after the words rest in peace, I want you to chisel in the words till we meet again. (laughs) Let me make some observations about murder. And remember what I said. Maybe God wants us to understand about speaking life into one another. You see, I'm changing, I'm changing the negativity to positivity. Maybe God wants us to understand about speaking life into one another. About putting blessings into other people's lives. Maybe this sixth commandment is a bit of reverse psychology. On God's part, that is. Think about this. Maybe murder... Is killing a reputation through Skinner? Talking about people behind their back? Call it gossip. And maybe God rather wants us to speak life into people. Constantly criticizing people, what they say and what they do and how they behave and what clothes they wear. Maybe God wants us to rather speak life into them. Making fun of people, which is so harmful. And so hurtful. Maybe God rather wants us to speak life into them. More times than we care to think about it, more times than we'll ever know, I think we murder people's reputations and do immense damage by the words we speak, the thoughts we think, the things we do, when maybe God rather wants us to speak life into them. A little while ago, people were wearing bracelets and t-shirts with the letters WWJD. Remember, what would Jesus do? You couldn't get away from that message. Maybe, just maybe, this is the key to understanding the words and the spirit of the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? If we can't do it in the name of Jesus, perhaps we shouldn't attempt it at all. And so, to end... When Jesus was betrayed by his own disciples, he did not let that anger consume him, control his spirit. He didn't set about gaining revenge. He washed their feet, invited them to the table to share with him, and he gave them life. Isn't that what we're doing here this morning? I know this is a negative context, but uh, you you can't get away from thou shalt not murder. But I I, want to believe that, that we're talking about life. If we're not murdering, then we're talking about life. Can we do life well? Every time we share in worship, every time we come here, let's remember that worship is about life. What we're doing this morning is about life. Worship is about the greater and more excellent way, the way of life-giving. Worship is about celebration, God's people celebrating full and blessed lives. That's what this is about. Here at Emseni, life isn't cheap. It's precious and it's sacred and it was bought with a price. And so where are you this morning? Where am I? Fortuitously, uh, we have the candles this morning. Now, the candles are about life, aren't they? They're about light. They're about life. And so it's appropriate for me that we do that now. That, that I, and that's what I'm doing. I'm inviting you to come forward, light a candle. And leave a candle in the cross and maybe let it go. Let it go. And I suspect that God will be a blessing for you.